Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast from Switch to Manual. I'm Antonio, and welcome to episode number 76 for the end of June. Uh, it's and, and welcome to my living room. <laughs> yes, I'm in my living room. You could probably hear the difference. Uh, what's going on is I have purchased a, a new wireless microphone uh, system from a friend of mine to use for video recording. And part of me wanted to test it out, uh, you know, so that I can maybe do some field recordings someday, uh, you know, maybe two people like have a wireless mic on somebody and me walking around with another mic. So um, I know this is a good microphone system. I mean, you're going to hear, you can hear a little bit of the room. I mean, it's a, I'm in my living room right now. It's a lot larger than my studio. I'm also recording in the uh, sort of the early, sorry, late morning. And it is uh, a bit warm in my office where I usually would do the recordings. Uh, I, I can't have an air conditioner on obviously when I'm recording and today's temperature is going to go up to like, I don't know, it's like 90 and my office faces the east so I'm getting a lot of sun right now. Uh, I also use, uh, this is sort of a side note, but I, I, uh, you know, I bought these black level lure blinds, Venetian blinds um, for my office and I thought it was a really good idea because I could block out the light when I needed to, but the downside is the black um, shades or, or blinds actually absorb the sunlight a lot more, so the room gets really hot. And I, you know, sometimes in the middle of the day, especially in like the summer, when we have these early summers and the sun is rising and beating down a lot of heat, my office gets really, really, really hot. So I generally do my recordings in, at nighttime when there's no sun and there's also less traffic because uh, I'm right on a, you know, you guys know I'm right on a, a, a parkway and so I get a lot of traffic noise. Um, so I usually record at night, but this is the Friday the 29th and I know I'm doing two shows a month and uh, it's been one of these crazy weeks where I have not been able to really sit down and, and do a, a show. So. I'm you know, sort of waiting for the last minute here to do it, and it's the daytime, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit the show tomorrow, which is Saturday, and get it out to you guys. So it really is the end of um, June, sort of the beginning of July. So anyway, um, it's all a bunch of sort of reasons why you're hearing me in my living room, and I also just get to test it out. And I also, you know, there's another part of this about not sitting in front of my computer looking at a screen uh, and talking to you guys about, you know, stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting here in my living room. I'm on my coffee table. I actually have a giant coffee table book that I kind of want to talk about a little bit on the show. And uh, I'll get to that in a little while. But, you know, I thought a little change of venue might be kind of fun. Uh, the sound is not too bad. I've listened to this, this microphone. It's not too bad. Like I said, you can hear the room a little bit. I'll probably do some audio tweaking so it doesn't sound as hollow, you know, but, you know, figuring if the content of what I'm talking about is good enough, you can sort of forgive the sound. It won't be, it won't be so terrible. And I, I'm not going to make a regular habit of this. This is just, you know, a combination of events today uh, that are happening. And 
Uh, I thought it would just be kind of fun to change the venue. I mean, I certainly could bring my laptop in here and hook up my other microphone and, and whatnot, but uh, I got to be kind of nimble today. I got to sort of keep the show tight, and I have to go to a job that I'm uh, shooting at about 1 o'clock, and so I got about 40 minutes, maybe a little bit less, to sort of talk to you guys and, and, and uh, you know, then get out to work. So anyway, uh, let me think of a couple of things I wanted to talk about that have been happening since, I don't know, since the past. <laughs> it's not, not a definite order of things, but uh, first of all, I know I talked about not wanting to really go into social media anymore, and I'm really not, but I do want to sort of follow up on what's going on with the fact that uh, I dropped Instagram as a sort of daily uh, upload sharing deal, like posting my pictures every day. And uh, you guys know that I've done that, and I think I'm about a month, maybe a little bit more, into that, and you know, it's just like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare this to any other kind of addiction, because that would really be uh, doing a disservice to, to really other addictions that people have, but I'm gonna use it as sort of an example, because I think it might work a little bit. But, you know, I, I dropped Instagram as sort of a part of a, you know, an overall, maybe a social media fasting, as uh, I talked about. I can't remember if I talked about it in this show or on uh, Shutter Time with Sid and Mac. I think it was on Shutter Time with Sid and Mac. We did a, the, the black couch sessions where uh, me and Mac and um, Clay Daly from the Cybercast and uh, Mark Ryerson, uh, Canadian photographer, all got on. We sort of had a black couch session. And I think in that show, we talked about uh, social media fasting. and. I don't know what that means. I mean, you know, if I think about it literally, it means to really cut off all social media, right? I'm going to fast. I'm going to stop eating. I'm going to stop, you know, fasting kind of means like you're not going to eat, right? You know, so you're fasting. Uh, and with social media fasting, I was thinking, well, does that mean I'm going to cut off all? And I, and I wasn't planning to. Uh, Instagram was up there at the top of the list just because it was the, it's sort of the easy target and it's really one that is, you know, based on photography. And photography is what I do. And Instagram is sort of the place where pictures have been going lately. Now, you know, Facebook and Twitter have different purposes for me. Facebook is really a place where I, you know, I hang out with my friends, find out what's going on with family stuff. You know, we share pictures of events and stuff like that. I think it serves a different purpose. I do have... As you guys know, we have a switch to manual uh, Facebook page. Uh, I post up stuff there occasionally. I'm trying to keep that going, but it's, you know, trying to maintain all this stuff is hard by yourself, or I should say by myself. It's, it, there's a lot of work involved. And I also have my own Antonio M. Rosario photographer page. And, uh, you know, I post there as well. And what was going on with Instagram was I was posting a picture maybe once or twice a day on Instagram uh, pretty much seven days a week. And those pictures uh, through some apps and uh, settings in Instagram would automatically go out to Twitter. Uh, I think I would put one up on, on Flickr and then it would go to my Facebook page as well. So you know, one picture was going out in multiple places. And since I've stop posting on Instagram, now it requires me to sort of look at all my other 
my leftover social media locations. So Facebook and Twitter are the main places. I, I, in fact, I think those are the only two that I really work on. Uh, I don't go to Flickr that much, although I will upload a bunch of pictures of Flickr, but that's sort of like keeping an online portfolio in a way, or just a place to put pictures. I don't use it as a social place, and I, I really am not involved with 500 pics at all. I mean, I'll post a picture occasionally there, but that's more in the hopes that it, maybe I can, I can sell a print or, or whatnot. But I, I don't use that as a social destination. So Twitter and Facebook uh, are, are sort of the main places uh, that uh, I go to. And so by turning off the Instagram uh, faucet, as it were, pictures are no longer going out automatically to Twitter and Facebook. So I have to post pictures there if I choose to, you know, manually, and I have to actually make an effort to do so. And I, I have been, but I also have been noticing that I am not posting as much uh, photography to Twitter and Facebook, and I'm just curious about that. I don't know if it's because it's just a lot of steps and Instagram and the apps and settings to make the picture go out in separate places was just an easier thing to do, or now I got to think of them separately. You know, I've got a Facebook page, and you know, uh, well, actually, hey, let's let's put it this way: I've got three Facebook presences in a way to deal with, and I have the switch to manual uh, Facebook page. I have the Antonio M. Rosario photography Facebook page, and then I have my own personal page. You know, and so I post a picture up, let's say, on Facebook, and do I want to share it with my friends, people who are you know, following me on Facebook who are family and friends? Or do I want to put it up on my Antonio M. Rosario site? And that's more of like a business and marketing and like this is who I am as a photographer. And some of my friends follow me there, so there's a little crossover. And, or switch to manual, do I want to put it there? And how does that forward the switch to manual sort of uh, mission in the world? Is the picture, you know, more of an educational thing? Am I showing it just to show off or do I really want to uh, sort of have a little bit of a lesson in there. And I, I tend to go to the latter. I like to make Switch to Manual a little bit more of a, you know, educational place. But it does require me to sort of put on three different hats when I post pictures to Facebook. And Twitter is a different ball of wax entirely. I have a, a whole mix of followers and people who I follow on, on Twitter. And that's actually my preferred social network because uh, I can have very good discussions on Facebook, uh, sorry, on Twitter. And I've met a lot of people who I consider friends and I've seen in the real space, you know, not just, not just the cyberspace. And I like to post pictures of there, but I just don't do it as much. But, the, you know, as I'm thinking about this, I'm also not posting as many posts in general on Twitter now that I think about it. I mean, I used to post every day. And I do scan my Twitter feeds and I get into discussions, but I'm just not generally posting. So this all sort of comes from this you know, uh, social media fasting, starting with Instagram. So, you know, I stopped putting pictures up on Instagram and, you know, I noticed a few things that were going on. I noticed that people were not following anymore, dropping me, which I thought was very interesting. I might've already talked about this, but I, I, I wanna just mention it again to get sort of in the mind frame. I think that uh, Instagram, and again, I don't, I'm not bashing Instagram. I, I don't wanna bash it. It's a great platform. People use it for all sorts of great things. And I'm not saying that I don't think it's a great thing. I just want to sort of monitor myself about what I'm doing with my photography and what my goals are and what, what is my mission uh, to 
to my photography, to myself, and to the world. And you know, I'm going to go into that in a minute. You know, to a little sort of thought process in this. But you know, I I I notice that people are no longer following me, which means I'm losing followers. And you know, Instagram wasn't always about you know, well. It was somewhat about like, okay, I'm getting more people to see my pictures. And you know, maybe the more people who see my pictures, the chances are someone in that mix, maybe they'll buy a print, maybe they'll hire me, maybe whatever. You know, there was always some hope. There, there is some hope in that. And uh, at least for me, you know, I, if I ever denied that, I think I was just fooling myself into thinking that, well, I'm just posting my pictures just so I can share them with the world. And I don't think that's really an honest um, assessment of what I was using Instagram for. And I'm, and, and I'm sort of learning this sort of after the fact, after I shut off. But I think I always knew this. You know, it's just one of those things about admitting to myself that Instagram had this potential to forward my photography career. You know, after turning it off and, and then thinking that, you know what, there was so much energy I was spending in putting up pictures in Instagram, and energy that I wasn't even realizing I was using. Um, you know, taking pictures every day, I mean, I'll do that all the time. I'm always gonna take pictures every day. Processing them, posting them, looking at other people's pictures. Uh, there was a, there's a lot of mental, creative energy that goes into that. And turning that off means that, in theory, I can now take that energy and use it for something else. But in that process of turning it off, I realized that yes, I was hoping for all these things to come out of Instagram, that, that I would get more followers you know, in, in the legitimate way. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who have uh, lots of followers and a lot of those are generated sometimes. I mean, that's just the nature of this beast that people use uh, these platforms uh, and they try to they try to gamble, not gamble with it, but play it like a game, you know? Um, I never did that. I always felt the people who followed me, or at least the vast majority of them, were people I earned with the pictures that I took. And people followed me because of that. So as I see people dropping me, now I'm not sure who those people are, uh, because I don't know, I just know the numbers drop, that it makes me think a couple of things. One, there's some unreal people there, uh, bots or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and then there are people there who are gaming the system because, you know, perhaps in the algorithms with Instagram and Facebook, if you don't, uh, if you have followers who are not generating new material, that they're not adding to your um, status on Instagram. And so they're actually weighing you down in terms of growth. And so you'd want to purge those people. So if there are people who are following me who are are dealing with Instagram in that way, then my turning off the spigot means that I'm no longer putting up any content and somehow I'm weighing them down so they're cutting me off, which says a lot if that's the case. I mean, this is just, I have no idea what Instagram is doing. But I imagine that some of this might be true um, because if you think about it, why, you know, if I'm following someone on Instagram and I was following a few people and actually I followed a, a, a guy who I met through Twitter, and I followed him, and he was on Instagram, and recently he passed away. And, you know, so therefore he wasn't gonna generate any new pictures. 
And I didn't unfollow him because he died. I, you know, what I kept him on, of course. In fact, I wanted to keep his, his feed on there so I could go back and look at his work because um, he was someone who, it wasn't important in my life, but we talked a bunch of times and actually he was with me on Twitter when I was going through the, the death of my mom. And uh, we, we spent a lot of time talking and um, he lived in England uh, so I think in London, and anyway, uh, I, I follow. We follow each other on Twitter, and we have some conversations. And and when I, you know, he was on Instagram, I followed him, and I think he followed me back. And then I learned of his passing, and I didn't turn off his feed. You know, I wanted, you know, Instagram was a place where I could go back and look at his pictures. And so, for it doesn't cost me anything. Uh, let's say I'm not gaming the system, and again, I'm all, I don't know any of this for a fact, but I'm just going to go with it as sort of a theory. If I'm gaming the system and I want my numbers to increase, and part of that goal requires me to get rid of people who are not producing content, then I would have dropped him. You know, I would have knocked him off, but I didn't. It doesn't cost me anything to keep my, the people I follow on Instagram it doesn't cost me anything. It, in fact, it lets me know that there's a library of pictures there that I can go back to. So if people are unfollowing me because I'm no longer putting out the pictures, it says something to me. Because it doesn't cost anything to keep me on as a follower if I'm not putting up any pictures. I have uh, something like 1,500 pictures up there now in my, you know, now I would consider it a little bit of an archive. Uh, and so why wouldn't you want to keep looking back at my pictures? So anyway, that, it's an interesting thing to find out. But the other thing is, like, just any, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's an addiction, but maybe it was in some way, or at least there was some, like, amount of energy, like I said before, going into dealing with Instagram, that um, when I turned it off, I've, I've, like, I could almost immediately feel a physical relief. Uh, and there is some physicality to this, because you walk around and take pictures, and you process them, and... That's part of the real world, and my body is doing these things. I'm, I'm sitting in front of a computer, or not I'm really in front of a computer, I'm sitting in front of my phone, processing the pictures, I'm doing things, I'm walking down the street, processing. I mean, like, there's a physicality to making photography and, and sharing it with places. And, and so I stopped doing that, and I felt an instant relief. I still was, I'm still taking pictures, I'm still walking around taking the images. I'm not gonna stop. Why would I? That's <laughs> not the point. But I felt it. I really physically felt it. And I felt a little bit of a weight off my shoulders in, metaphorically in the sense that I didn't have the sort of underlying pressure. Because with, with Instagram specifically, I felt that there is some amount of like having to keep feeding the engine, right? Or I or lose followers, or I wouldn't get enough likes. Like all the stuff we all know, right, about uh, social media and what it does to us. That is always underneath the whole um, process here. So turning that off meant, like, shoot, I didn't have to worry about posting a picture. Like, oh, I can let it sit on my phone for a while, or let it sit on my camera for a while. Like, I don't feel like processing it. Now, as a side note, like, let's say we're a month, I'm about a month, a little bit more or less into it, and I have a very large backlog of pictures that I... I, that I have on my, my phone waiting to process uh, or to look at or whatever. I, I've been transferring the pictures. I've been taking pictures every day, or mostly every day. I have been, you know, uh, filling up 
memory cards and I've been putting them into my Lightroom library and my desktop computer and, and you know, making sure that the ones that I want to work on or I like, I've, I've already transferred to my phone or my iPad. Uh, and so they're sitting there uh, sort of waiting. And I have, a, I have a backlog, you know, I'm looking at this stuff and I was like, wow, I've got this stuff waiting to sort of, sh to do what with though? <laughs> this is where I'm getting into the, okay, this is, this is like sort of the next stage of this. So at some point after that, I can't quite peg when, it's, it's sort of a feeling, but I was like wondering to myself, okay, now what do I do? What do I do with my pictures? Uh, I don't have a place to go with them. And, and that was very, very interesting because I started to then question, and this is just going off the deep end a little bit, but why not? I was like, well, what am I doing taking pictures? Why am I doing this? To what purpose, to what end am I doing this? And then it really sank into me about how the tendrils of a, a thing like Instagram or, or any other kind of social media, how it really got um, deep into my psyche, as it were. Because I, I really suddenly thought, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna keep taking pictures but then to what end am I doing this for? Like, am I gonna create a show? Am I gonna share, like, I'm not sharing the picture, so what am I gonna do? And that was a real dilemma, you know? It felt like, um, you know, I was getting the shakes. <laughs> it was like, you know, not having any, like, you know, if you shut down not having sugar and I suddenly desired it and I was like, now my body is like, what do I do, what do I do? I'm not getting this thing that I, I've had for so long. And, I was thinking, I don't know what to do anymore. I have a, I have a, I, it didn't sound too weird. I'm not going to say an existential dilemma of like, do I continue being a photographer or not? This, that's way sort of beyond this. And I, I don't want to put that much into Instagram. But, but social media has permeated our lives for the past 10, 15 years. And, you know, I grew up pre-social media and I'm, into it now. Uh, I know there are people who are growing up, that's all they know, and that's just the way the world is. And I'm, I'm trying not to make any judgments about that at all. But for myself, I, I, you know, I'm, not a, I'm not a working photographer. I don't do it professionally. I, my DNA, I consider myself a photographer, even though I do videography and work on television shows. I really feel that my DNA is being a photographer. It's just, that's never gonna go away. And without this thing called Instagram that sort of popped up recently in my life, my photographic life, uh, and is, is been there, and now I take it away, and I'm left with, what do I do? What am I doing here? Why am I making pictures? And so that, that kicked in. And that's still sort of reverberating today because I am still creating pictures uh, I don't know what to do with them. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go into this in a second, but you know, this idea of like having to do something every day with my images, that was not something I grew up with. You know, Shooting film, you didn't do something with your pictures every day. You, you shot a roll of film and you put it in the fridge waiting to process it or you dropped it off at the, uh, you know, the lab or the drugstore and you got it back whenever you got it back. And there was no you know, daily grind to making photography. It was just, you made it. When you saw it, you saw it, and you know, unless you're working on a job where you had to get the stuff to the client you know, within a couple of days, you, know, you kind of, 
you, you kind of weren't in this sort of rush to get them out. You know, maybe you were working on a show that you were going to have a gallery uh, exhibit and you had to print them up and you had some sort of deadline. But, you know, if you weren't doing these things, you weren't doing these tasks, photography was just something like the camera sat on the shelf maybe a couple days. Now, I'm not in a way talking professional. I'm talking about amateur or people who were just not doing it every day. Uh, wasn't a professional job. It wasn't a job, let's say. You know, the photography would just exist until you were ready to deal with it, you know? And, and somehow it, we evolved or changed into this pushing out the pictures every day. So I'm, I'm, I realized how deep I got into it and how the tendrils uh, are a little bit hard to separate from, you know, this idea of like, okay, what do I do with my pictures? So I've been talking to some friends lately, you know, some of the people you may know from other podcasts, and someone said, you know, maybe you want to start printing. And I was like, I really like that idea, and I am, you know, a couple of things about it that are a little tricky. First of all, I have a printer that, that I let sit for a while, so if I have to, um, if I'm going to print with that printer, I'm going to have to actually do some physical fixing to it, which, of course, the longer I wait, the harder it is to do. And uh, and it's, and it's going to cost me some money. Or if I send my prints out to get printed, it's also going to cost some money. Um, I don't have a lot of disposable income to start printing. I like the idea of that. I've always talked about that. You know, if you want to have your prints, your pictures uh, in the real world, it's a great, it's a great thing to do. Uh, I've been thinking about printing as not necessarily the end to photography, though, like the end, you know, like the goal. Um, so it might do that. But it doesn't quite feel like the thing, you know? It doesn't, it didn't quite resonate with like, ah, oh, yeah, I got to do that. It's on the list, but it's not the thing, all right? What am I going to do with my pictures? Uh, someone then also said, maybe even the same person, said, you know, put them up on your website. And I like that idea because, again, it's not the thing, you know? It's, and I want to say the thing with the capital T. This is the little thing. The idea of putting them up on my website as a way to then share them with the world is a great idea because my website is my space, right? It's my place where I can do kind of what I want. And if someone wants to see my work, they have to come to me to, 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 to go and look, right? And the pictures are not going to be presented necessarily in the way that say Instagram is, or even Flickr on a phone, where you're gonna flip through the pictures and you're gonna double tap you know, a, a heart or a thumbs up or something like that. If someone's gonna to come to my site, they're gonna be seeking me out to, uh, to look at my work, to spend time with it. And I, I really like that idea that uh, I, my work won't be mixed up, say, with a bunch of other people's pictures. You know, Someone can come and look at my street photography. Someone can look at my cloudscapes that I do at my window or stuff that I shot at the Botanic Garden in Brooklyn. I can come and explore all that stuff. And I really don't have to do anything for them. They can come into, like, it's my store. And I, I don't mean that in the sense of, like, I want to sell pictures, although I will probably be, you know, looking to how to monetize my pictures. Because if someone wants to buy a print of mine, I'm happy to sell it. And why not, you know? That, that, but the idea that my, my website is my own space and, and people will have to come in uh, and browse, as it were, uh, appeals to me a lot. And it also gives me that place where I can 
decide, this is, I want to put the picture into the world. Uh, I can share it there. I can sh point people to my website and say, hey, you know, I put up these new pictures. Come on out and check them out if you want to. Um, if you don't, you know, that's fine too. Uh, but it is a place where I think someone can slow down and look at my work with, I with what I believe is the right kind of time and respect. And I, I don't mean that like you should spend time looking at my pictures because I'm so important. No, I don't mean that. But I, I do understand that when you know we're on our mobile devices looking at photography in between the time that we're waiting for this and that to happen and double tapping is, is almost a disservice to the art form in a way. Because, you know, if you, if you went into, the, let's say this, the equivalent of, of Instagram walking in a museum would be like you walk into a gallery and you literally walk by every print, uh, picture, painting, sculpture, and you look at it for two seconds and you move to the next one. And did you ever go into a museum and see anybody doing that? I mean, they were probably, if they were, they were bumping into people. And what kind of experience were they having? And yet, we're, we're sort of okay or we've become okay with presenting photography in a way where your only real interaction with it is to spend two, three seconds with it on a device in your hand, most likely while you're in between other tasks, and you're, you're not giving the, the due respect for the art form that is photography. Because art deserves to have time spent with it. You go to a museum and you stand in front of a Renoir or a, a Picasso or, you know, uh, anybody. Just think of any painting or even a photograph that you've seen in a museum that you spend time with. You, you look at it and you spend time. And even if you spend maybe a minute or two, you've, you've given it more attention than anybody has probably ever given a photograph on Instagram or any kind of social media. That's the respect for the art form that I think we're, we're, we're missing out. And I'm, I'm just discovering this now. I'm actually saying this to you. I, you know, I thought about what I wanted to talk to you about. It's going to be a lot shorter than this. And you know, I'm sitting in my living room sort of looking at a blank television set. And this is sort of coming to my mind right now. And the, the respect for the art is, is something that I think we're losing. And even I'm losing respect for it by feeding the machine, the idea that I'm feeling some sort of pressure, I don't know where it's coming from, to, to create new work every day and to post it every day and to say, this is what I'm seeing every day. What is that about? What, where does that come from? Where did that evolve from and why? What, is it, what purpose is it serving? For some people, it's very important. And, and I'm trying not to be judgmental about it. I really hope you don't think I'm judging the system. It's not my plan. And I'm not trying to sound like a grumpy old guy, like, hey, get off my lawn. You know, you kids get off my grass. It, or, or the old way was the best way, that you can only have pictures in a camera and, and, and film. It's not what I'm saying. I do want to sort of open this question up to the world, though, about 
what are we doing to photography that we're not doing with paintings or illustrations or sculptures or um, performance exhibits or, or you know, like Broadway, off-Broadway plays. Like, we're not doing that. We're, not, we're treating photography very different than these other forms of art. In some sense, photography, like on Instagram and maybe other uh, platforms, have become a, a pictorial language. And, and that's a different thing about photography. I use the social media things that I'm part of also as that language. Like I take a picture of myself when I'm in an event and say, hey, everybody, this is where I am. And here's the food I'm eating. And this is, these are the details. And, and it's photography, yes, but it's more of a, a recording of what's going on at the time. And, and, it's, and it's a language. It's enhancing the words that I'm writing about what's going on. Um, so it's different, but the photography that I was doing on Instagram was photography. It was the way I want to express myself in the world. And I'm putting it out there knowing, knowingly that people are going to watch it and look at it for two minutes. I'm sorry, two seconds. If they were looking at it for two minutes, I'd be really happy, but nobody's looking at it like that. And I'm not looking at other people's photography with the same respect. It's just the nature of the, of, of the way the system works. So pulling all that out, you know, and coming through this, this um, sort of withdrawal of it, it's really an interesting experience. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm, I'm, and I'm also wondering, I, mean, I feel like a wandering person, like I'm new at this game, like I don't know what to do with my pictures. Uh, but so I want you guys to sort of think this over a little bit. Like, again, I, I reserve the right to talk to so, about social media anytime I want because this is my show. <laughs> but I think it's important because it's here in our, in our world. It's affecting what we're doing and how we're taking our pictures. And I want you to think about it really with some energy. What is, what is this doing for you? And what is it doing for the world of photography? What is it doing for the art form? Um, maybe the art is evolving and changing and maybe it can't be compared to paintings and illustrations and sculpture and museums. Something else might be happening. I, I, I don't think so, but I'd like to hear if any of you guys think otherwise. So related to my quitting of Instagram, I've decided in the morning to spend some time with a single photographer. And I've mentioned before on the show that sometime last year, 2017, there was an exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City of Irving Penn's work. And the exhibit was called Irving Penn Centennial. Um, I'm going to uh, think that it was, yes, because it was celebrating his 100th birthday. And uh, Irving Penn passed away relatively recently, uh, about nine years ago, in 2000, 2009, he passed away. So he lived a very good long time. And uh, one of the things that I, um, well, I'll get into that in a second. First of all, uh, I, I bought the book 
from the show. It's a beautiful book, right? It weighs 10,000 pounds. <laughs> and I've been bringing it to the coffee shop with me a few days a week to, to sort of read a chapter, in a sense, uh, about specifically about Irving Penn. So a couple of things about this. First, we decided that I wanted to spend a lot of time with one photographer. Uh, in this case, Irving Penn. I had this book sitting with me. I hadn't opened it. Uh, I really love his work. And I thought, what would it be like to spend time with just one photographer and not through a stream of different photography, like on Instagram or Facebook or whatever like that? What if I spent time with just one photographer? Now, what this book is and what the show was was more of a, say, a it was a retrospective of his work. Um, the book is not quite a biography, although there's a lot of biographical stuff in it. But there's uh, each chapter is an, so far is a is an essay, uh, a very long essay. I should say it might not be the right word for it, but uh, surrounding pictures a certain part, a period of time in his life or the type of photography he was doing. And um, well, first of all, you know I said it's a it's a book that's very, very heavy. So going to a coffee shop and sitting there reading this giant book is really a much different experience than, than anything I've had in a while. Now, I'm looking at my shelves in front of me and I've got tons of photography books there. Um, a lot of them are books made by the photographer, you know, their, their own published work. Um, I do have some biographies. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this and I've got a lot of books I haven't read. I've looked through the pictures, but I haven't read it like, like this one. And anyway, uh, as I'm going through it, I'm learning a lot about Irving Penn. And uh, again, like I said, it's not a biography, but there's biographical uh, things uh, in this book. Um, besides, there's some beautiful pictures. The, the printing in this book is exceptional. It's as if these are actual photographs. When you look at the images printed very, very closely. And I've been sort of taking some pictures with my phone to sort of share them with some friends to show them what I'm doing. You can't see any like typical line screen. Like, you know, if you take a picture from a magazine or something like that, I'm not advocating copying pictures here, excuse me. Um, but, uh, you know, I will take a shot and, and send it to a friend and say, take a look at this work. But, but when I'm looking at it very closely, the book looks like they are made of prints. It doesn't look like it's printed. So the book was a little bit pricey, but it was well, well worth it, you know? And so uh, I'm, I'm not quite a third the way through, maybe about a third the way through. And it started off with about uh, how Irving Penn sort of started his, his photographic life and, uh, you know, who his dad was um, and some of his early photography. Uh, well, actually his paintings, he was first a painter and then his first published photographs in it. And it really gives sort of the, the, the life direction that he went in. Uh, and then we get into sort of the groups of pictures, um, which are, I don't know if they're necessarily chronological, um, but they might be. I have to go through and see. I don't think so, but there's definitely groups of, of pictures. So, for instance, there's a whole section on his... Um, uh, existential portraits that he took from 1947 to 48, where he uh, photographed for, um, I'm probably going to get the magazine wrong, 
but he was photographing portraits for, uh, of, of celebrities and famous people in a studio, and he built uh, this set, um, which was generally just two big flats, giant flats, that he put together in sort of a triangle and ended up putting the people into a corner. And so all these shots of these famous people uh, having them sort of stuck into this corner. And it wasn't a very pretty corner. Uh, the flats are a little dirty. You can see sometimes that the, in the photograph, you can see the edges of the flats and the supports that are holding them up and studio stuff in the background, like a C-stand. And the, the floor is often dirty. There's stuff strewn on it. Uh, it's not disheveled. There's a, there's a meticulousness to it. There's a craftness to it. Um, but these pictures are, are very much staged, these, these portraits. He also has portraits of people not in the corner, but sort of sitting on uh, a box underneath an overturned old rug. Right? And all these pictures, I must say, they're, like the ones I'm talking about right now, are black and white photographs. And so you, the, 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 the sets don't really, they sort of blend in, in the background, but they sort of create this tension uh, in the sense of like, it's not a real space. And uh, they're putting these famous people into it. And then some of the story uh, that I'm reading is that putting these people into these spaces would make them uncomfortable. And so it was a way, you know, uh, in a sense for him to sort of level the playing field in some way because a celebrity would want to come in and control how their portrait was made. And by sticking him into this corner, they were confused and didn't understand what's going on. Why am I in this corner? Why can't I be sitting on a chair and you're making this portrait of me? And, and, and Penn was there to say, no, you're going to do it my way and you're going to feel uncomfortable and we're going to get to the heart of the matter. And I'm probably just understating this a little bit. I'm just trying to make it a little bit easier for, for me to go through fast. But uh, so, so there's this whole section about these existential portraits. And then there's um, a section about uh, his work in Peru, where he went and spent three days in, in, I mean, he was there probably a little bit longer, but he rented a studio in Cusco, Peru in 1948. And it was a top, uh, I think it was a top floor studio or a studio that had northern light. He really liked northern light. And he spent three days and he shot, I think, over 2,000 frames of local people who had just come in and uh, thinking that they were going to get their portrait taken. In fact, he rented the studio from a portrait photographer and I guess gave him a lot of money. And the guy took a vacation for a few days. And uh, people were coming in to have their portraits taken as usual, and they found Irving Penn there, and, and he would end up paying them to take their picture. And, and so there's this whole section about this. And of course, as you hear, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you about this stuff. This is like, this is what's happening as I'm spending some time reading about one photographer. And again, it's a, you know, it's a bit biographical, so it's a lot of, there's some behind the scenes things, and there's some uh, you know, educated speculation about what he was doing and some of his own words. And it's a very, very well-rounded um, sort of reading on one person and what they're doing with their photography. And, and Irving Penn was doing pictures up until, I think, three months 
before he died. He was taking pictures. I think his one of his final covers or magazine uh, stories or something like that was uh, in mid two thousand nine or early two thousand nine, and he was working up until the time that he died. You know, so it wasn't a job for him. It was what he did. It was in his DNA. Uh, and it's not quite a fair comparison what I was saying before. I'm not trying to compare myself to, to Mr. Penn here. Um, he's he's in, a, in a class uh, of his own. But this idea, I wanted to get back to this idea of slowing down and, and spending time with one photographer and one person's idea of what the world looks like and one person's expression of it. And you know, I look through his book here and I see so many different styles. He's photographed still life, he wrote about portraits, he did um, fashion covers for Vogue magazine. You know, he controlled the frame in those pictures. They're, they're, you know, he had, he had elevated, and I don't, I don't mean him by himself, but his work is art. It is, even the commercial work that he did was, was an artwork and by spending the time with one photographer, with one um, mindset, as it were, to how he saw the world, is an experience that is a lot different than what I've been going through in the past couple few years. You know, uh, spending time on social media, looking at other people's pictures, rushing through something, you know, and to deliberately stop and contemplate one person is uh, is very refreshing, you know? Um, I, I, I can't really just flip through this book as if I'm flipping through Instagram. It's not possible. It's also wonderful to be able to just go back and look at things and look forward a little bit. And there's no harm in me opening the book to the middle of the sections and looking at his, his still lifes of, the, of debris that he found on the street or his... Um, like his modern portraits, you know? Uh, it's like I'm looking at a shot that he did in 1966 of Tom Wolfe. I, I don't want to mean that's modern, but compared to, you know, 1948. Or his shot of, um, uh, shots of cigarette butts that he found on the ground and the very close-up uh, pictures of these things. You know, it's like traveling through time, back and forth through time. There's, there's not a lot of... What we're having these days, like with... Modern social media is there's always a moving forward. There's a moving forward. And as I'm saying this, I realized, you know, I mentioned in the first segment that, you know, I don't drop any of my Instagram people because I can always go back and look at their work. But I realized, you know what? I have not gone back to look at the pictures that I've saved. I have not done that yet. They're there. I can do that, but I have not done that yet. Something has changed where the the motion is always forward it's forward 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 motion and possibly it's starting to accelerate the world seems to be moving faster and faster and it might be moving to the point where we're losing a little bit of control and so my idea with grabbing this book of of mr penn um, and again, you might pick up, look at Mr. You know, Irving Penn's work. You might not like it, and it doesn't matter. That's fine. There's other photographers that you like and photographers I like. That's what's great about the world here. Today, I'm, today or this time period, 
um, Irving Penn has got my, my full attention. And the idea that I can go backwards and forwards in time, and I can take my time to look at his work and to read. I, I can read slow. You know, I, I don't have to read this book in a rush. I'm not, you know, I'm not on an assignment. I don't have to do these things. I can look at this over time and I can spend, I can spend an energy that I didn't, that was going someplace else. Now I have the energy to spend to slow down and, and um, uh, spend some time with somebody who I didn't really know before. And now I'll get to know a little bit more, right? So as, as, a, as sort of a homework, <laughs> I don't know if you want to say, I don't, I don't want to force anybody to do anything, but you know, try, see what happens if you stop what you're doing, right? Put, put aside these things and put, take some time and spend with one person, an artist, a photographer, a sculptor, whatever. See what happens if you get to know somebody with a depth that you didn't have before. Maybe it's even a photographer who is online. Maybe you follow them on Instagram, right? Let's say that, and you love their pictures. What would happen if you only just spent a week looking at their work? Maybe go to their website, if they have a website, find out what they're doing, read their blog, you know? Um, one of the guys we had on the show recently, a friend, new friend, uh, Dave, um, Oh man, I'm gonna spell, I'm gonna say his name wrong. I'm so sorry. Swiduck. Space down. I'm sorry. Uh, he's been writing so much on his blog lately, and uh, there's a recent um, article which should be, I think it's up now. Uh, that was. Um, let me see if I can find the name of it. Of course, I'm I'm spacing out. Well, anyway, just go to his website, uh, and. You know, he's writing about being inspired by another photography collective and using his photography um, to, to sort of work through some stuff, but posting up these beautiful pictures of his family, you know? And, you know, I spend some time reading his blog and I get to know him a little bit better. And why not try that, right? Try not to spend the time flipping through you know, channel surfing, uh, photography. You know, I always tell my students that one of the best things to do is go to a museum and spend some time there. It's a great way to get your eye oriented to stuff. And it's an obvious thing, right? But, you know, some students look at me cross-eyed, like, what do you mean go to a museum? I'm like, why should I go look at paintings of photography? I'm like, because it, it, it's going to help. You know, looking at imagery, spending time, you have to go to a museum and you have to slow down. You can't rush through there like I was describing in the, in, the, in the first part. You can't run through there as if you're looking at an Instagram thing. You have to walk slowly. You, know? you might have to bring some Advil with you because it gets a little tiring standing there looking at paintings. You might be able to spend like a half a day looking at one painting. There's a, there's a painting in the Brooklyn Museum. Uh, and I don't know the artist. I, I, all I can tell you, it's a very, very large painting. And... It's almost like it's a landscape. It's a fantastical landscape. It doesn't exist in reality. But there is so much to that. To st I could sit there and look at it for a half a day. And I'd be very happy. You know, there was a bench standing right there and put that in front of my face and look at it and see what happens. 
with yourself. See if you can just look at one picture a day or spend a lot of time looking at one body of work by one photographer. They go on a trip to some place. Just look at those pictures. Slow down, okay? See what happens. And related to what I was saying in the first part of today's show, what happens to you if you start to sort of slow down and give the art of photography the respect that I actually think it deserves and that we're not giving it? What's going to happen? You know, you, you're going to feel this push to, to go forward, to scroll ahead, to keep looking. What's next? What's next? What's next? And I want you to look at that and wonder what that's giving you. Where are you going with it? And what's next? If this is the way we are now, what's going to happen three or four years from now, five years from now? What's going to happen to photography? What's going to happen to your pictures? How are you going to think about your own work? Are you going to also only scroll through your own pictures with uh, the same speed and, and uncaringness that you do through uh, other people's pictures? You know, go back through your Lightroom catalog. You know, when did you start putting pictures in Lightroom? What happens if you start looking at your old stuff? Where did you go? Where have you come from? You know, you can do that like I'm doing with Irving Penn and looking through his book. We all have that capability if, if, we're, if we're doing with our pictures what I think we're doing is we store them and we have libraries full of them. And I'm even guilty of this. You know, I put pictures in there and I don't go back into time and see what I've done. I keep feeding it. I keep pushing stuff in. I keep pushing stuff in. I've got 700,000 images in my library, my Lightroom library. And how often do I go back and look at what I've done lately? Here's a, here's a little thing to do. Why not pick a date? Right? How, how long have you been doing photography, right? So pick a date like, you know, June 29th and go through the past 10 years of pictures and see what pictures you've taken on June 29th. And maybe you didn't take a picture on June 29th. Maybe you took one on June 28th. But, like, get the idea. Go and see where you were a year ago um, today. And go back 10 years. Go back 15 years, if you can. Go back three years. Just see what happens. See what happens when you take your own work as seriously as that you would want other people to take your work. Just, just look at that for me. So, anyway, uh, I, <laughs> I've managed to... to, to, to Talk for yeah about an hour. I, I hope you guys stuck with me. I hope you don't mind this this uh, the audio. Um, I might do it again, but I, actually I felt very. It's really interesting. It's not sitting in front of a computer screen, uh, looking at something, thinking I've got to actually come up with really good ideas to talk to you. I'm sitting in my living room. I got this book in front of me. It's a little warm. I don't have the air conditioning on so that the sound won't be so bad. I've got this book. I've got you guys listening to me. And uh, you know what? That's just about perfect. So anyway, thanks for hanging in. Uh, if you want to go to my website, it's amrosario.com. I'm in the middle of revamping it. So things might be getting tweaked as you go and look at it. But I'm kind of getting it to the point where I want you to, uh, for my own stuff, you get to see what I'm doing. And uh, maybe you get to spend some time with me. And you get to see all the different things I do. Because I do a lot of different photography and I love it. I love doing all this different photography. So why don't you go check me out at AM Rosario. It's a little self-plug there, but uh, I will be doing the same to switchtomanual.com. So if you want to go there, uh, well, I'll be revamping the site, getting a little bit more podcast heavy, um, but uh, go check us out there. 
And, you know, we've got a tip cup there, so if you really like what I'm doing and you want to help support me doing the show, you know, like I do this all on my own now, uh, you know, you can throw a few bucks into the tip cup. I, could, I can uh, pay for some hosting <laughs> or, or something. But anyway, uh, I appreciate you even going to the site and checking us out and giving, uh, giving me any feedback uh, about the uh, podcast on iTunes. If you guys listen through iTunes, give me ratings and, and whatnot. And, you know, some of the best things you can do uh, to help me is to tell people about the show and spread the word you know i got all you guys out there listening and if everybody could just sort of tell a couple of people about the show i can get more people listening and it's not to feed my ego but i think i got just a lot of stuff to talk about with photography and i think you guys are listening to me because you enjoy what i'm saying and so you know spread the word tell other people about what i'm doing on this show and uh that would be the that would be one of the best ways to support you know so um what else? Uh, I do still keep the Instagram account for Switch to Manual. I'm not posting there as much. Uh, so, but you can check us out. It's Switch number two manual on Instagram. And I'm also at Switch to Manual on Twitter. And Twitter is one of our places that uh, I like to post a lot on. So check me out there. And so thanks for hanging in there. I'll see you guys in mid-July. Uh, and uh, we'll have a new show going on. And I'm really enjoying doing this twice a month. And, you know, maybe I'll start doing it more. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, thanks for hanging in there. And I will see you later. And adios. <laughs>